Good morning and welcome to service this morning. It's always a privilege to meet together in worship. People come here of all ages, and we especially welcome you young people, school-aged children. Um, appreciated that song because it's really what it's about as we assemble together publicly, each one of us meet together with God, our hearts with his heart. We're going to do something a little bit different for an opening this morning. Um, it came up in our recent leadership meeting and was uh, unanimous, unanimously supported that we have a special prayer time this morning specifically for our school-aged children and teenagers. Those of you that are going into school or you probably already have started school this season in the last week or two, but we realize the pressure that's around you and also for your parents, the pressure of, well, all kinds of pressures. And our leadership team has a heart for you and a concern for you parents even with, with the uh, pressures of teaching the children or sending them off to school. And so the opening this morning will be dedicated to you young people. Some of, you, some of the little ones may be starting some type of preschool and they hardly know really even in a sense what life is even about yet and this is a very first time of them leaving the home maybe a few hours a week and so our hearts go to you and your your parents and then all the way up through teenage years for maybe some here your might be your last year of school that you're entering into. I want to read a, a couple uh, passages out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. You can open your Bibles there if you care to. And this just came to my mind this morning. Um, the setting, of course, can go, go back when God met with Moses on the mountain and gave the Ten Commandments to him. And that event is rehearsed here then in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And God puts a great importance that specifically in context with where we're at this morning, a, a great importance in uh, parents teaching the way of the Lord to their children. And I guess for sake of time, we'll not do a lot of reading, but Deuteronomy chapter 5 and chapter 6 has a lot to do with the children of Israel. God wants the children of Israel to keep his statutes and keep his teaching. And the emphasis is that I want to bring out a little bit here this morning is the emphasis of teaching your children on a regular basis the ways of the Lord. But it's primarily, and it actually goes along with, with the lesson that will be taught in the main preaching service this morning, the title of that message is A Heart Like His. God did not give us the Ten Commandments as a way of law only. God gave us the Ten Commandments as part of His heart. And God wants us to live according to His law, according to His word, because God wants us to have His heart. And so here the emphasis is in this passage that we teach our children. It uses the word in King James, diligently. 
and regularly, morning, night, and noon, morning, noon, and night, that we teach regularly and we teach diligently the Word of God because God wants us to know Him and God wants us to have His heart. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 29 says, Oh, that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me and keep my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. And then Deuteronomy chapter 6 Now these are the commandments, the statutes, the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither you go to possess it. Verse 2 says that God wants us to keep his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, you and your son and your son's sons. That's specifically teaching us to teach future generations. God says, I want you to keep my word. I want you to teach your sons to keep my word. And I want you to teach your sons' sons to keep my word. That's speaking about our grandchildren. Future generations. And again... This emphasis and these passages are not just that we would only become obedient, but that we would become obedient because God wants us to have his heart. Hear, O Israel, and this is the Shema, known as the Shema, that Israel even keeps today on a regular basis in their their homes. They quote these verses today. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou wakest by the way, and when thou lie down, and when thou riseth up. And it goes on and it speaks about the jealousy of God because God says he wants us to love him because he does not want us to share love with any other. God wants us And he loves us from his heart. Verse 20 says, And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and statutes and judgments which the Lord God hath commanded you? And I think all of us parents and grandparents appreciate the opportunity when our children and grandchildren ask us that question. What has God done in your life? And it's a perfect opportunity for a parent or a grandparent to explain to them, this is what God has done in my life. Verse 23, he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in. That's a message of grace. And every one of us parents and grandparents have that testimony. God has brought us out of Egypt. God has saved us from bondage that he might bring us in. God brought us out that he might bring us in. It's a message of grace. And again, I repeat, the Ten Commandments are not a message of law only, but they are a message that comes from the heart of God, a message of mercy and a message of grace. God loves you, children, And God has loved your parents. And God has saved them. And he has brought them out. Where would we be without the grace and love and mercy of God? 
God has brought us out that he might bring us in. I'm going to ask uh, any of you children that have started school this, this fall, whatever your age is, if you're going into school, or even if there's college-age children here, young people, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you're in school, stand up. That's good. And I realize that not all of our children are here this morning. There are several missing. But we just want to bless you this morning, okay? We have confidence in you as you go to school that you'll stand for the right, even though it's hard at times. Whether you're going to public school, whether you're going to a private school, or whether you're being taught at home in school. And so that you're not real embarrassed right now, I'm going to ask your parents to stand with you. If you're parents of school-age children, stand up. And you can see that this makes a large part of our congregation. And I want you children to know that you are part of this church, a very valuable part. And so I think now we'll just ask the congregation to stand and we, all of us as a congregation want to pray over these children and these parents. And so I've asked uh, Brother Gail and Brother David to lead us in these prayers. I think I'll make a couple comments first. Yes, we'll... Thank you for sharing that. I yeah. did want to mention, and you're not wrong for mentioning that right now, but at our closing prayer, we'll take open prayer requests at, at the end of the service. And again, it doesn't mean that it's wrong to mention it here at all, but I was going to mention it that uh, because there's probably other prayer requests as well, and we'll try to, try to make sure and remember you at the closing prayer. Well, I'd like for each of us to, uh, before we pray here, Think about the blessing of your heritage for a moment. And I want to relate just a, just a couple of experiences. We've been gone about seven weeks, and we've had a lot of experiences. But one of them, a few weeks ago, was a public worship service, maybe probably less than half as many people as are here. But there were children, parents, and grandparents that that mainly made up that service. And there was a large focus and value put on the children and the teaching of their hearts to the word of God. They were called up front, probably maybe close to a dozen of them, and they were very relaxed in that setting, you could tell. And they were blessed by the teacher there and one thing I noticed especially was that the hearts of the children were turned to the parents and the grandparents, and the hearts of the grandparents and the parents were turned to the children. And that's what Brother Bart was telling us, that the Lord wants us to have that blessing. And then another experience that we had was far different than that. It was a public setting, several children there, a few parents there, and there were children there that their hearts were bleeding for attention. I don't, know where their, I don't know where their parents or their grandparents were, but as Shirley and I interacted with a few of those children, they just gobbled it up. I'd like for us as we pray to count our blessings and to realize our responsibilities. Let's pray. Father God, as we 
come to you this morning. First of all, we just thank you so much that you are our Father. Lord, we have no other hope than the blessing of being redeemed as your children through the precious blood of Jesus. And we just want to lift that up and thank you for that this morning. We acknowledge that we are probably the most highly blessed people that have ever lived on the face of the earth. We have had parents and grandparents that have taught us your way, that have loved you, that have lived your way, that we have examples from to live by. They have had the heart of Jesus Christ in their lives and they have shared that in their walk and their life with us. And Lord, we just want to thank you that you have blessed us here in this setting this morning in that way. We see grandparents here that are more than 90 years old. We see small children here that have just been born and all of us in between that. And so I just want to lift up this morning the children, the small babies, those who are starting school, those who are in high school and those who are in college, we live in a world that is full of temptation, a world that is full of oppression of those who would hold up your name. And so we pray that you would just fill each of these hearts with yourself this morning and that you would give those of us who are older a heart to come alongside, to lift up, and to bless the hearts of these children. I pray that you would keep them from the evils that are there and give them a strong testimony, Lord, of who you are to those who they meet. The world needs you in such a, there's such a vacuum there. And they need you in such a way that they don't even hardly know who they are anymore. And so whenever they get a testimony of your heart, we just pray that it would impact their lives and they would turn to you. So I just pray that as, uh, as these children start into the public setting, that you would just surround them with your protection and that you would give them a strength just to relate who you are to those around them and that your name would be glorified and praised in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we are so glad to be able to come here today and to stand before you and to stand up to you and to just know that you are pouring out your Spirit's uh, witness and your Spirit's blessing upon us this day. And Father, we especially raise up our little children and our older children and those each one of those that are in school today and and are starting, whether they're in homeschool or whether they're in a private school or whether they're in a public school, it doesn't matter, Father, because you know that they, you know who they are. Oh, Father, we just praise you that you know them inside and out and that you go with them into the things that challenge them. And we know that school can be hard sometimes, Father, and they can get discouraged with it. We just, Father, we just want to know, help them to know that the Holy Spirit is with them and that these challenges are for them to, to gain everything that they can gain so that they can understand this world and understand the sciences and understand the math about it and understand all the reading things that they can grow up to be adults that are discerning and able to have knowledge and be able to become your children in your kingdom. Oh, Father, we just thank you that each one that was brought into this world, we didn't know exactly who they would become, but Father, you did. And that you are raising them up and you have put them in a position with their parents and with their grandparents and with all the people that are surrounding them, Father. You have a plan for their life. And you have a, a plan, Father, that is going on into eternity and to other generations. And that you are building up these little children to be someone who can be an influence upon other children. And upon as they become adults, they will have children of their own, Father. And you are planning them now to become the adult that will be in your kingdom and be an influence upon others. And Father, we just think especially that they, we have little boys and, and young men that are going into school situations, Father, and they have a special place that is in your kingdom that you have designed for young boys and for young men. 
You have a special plan of how you help them to think and how you help them to process things. And Father, we just pray your blessing of manhood upon each of the young men as they go into their school settings. And Father, we also turn and think about the young girls and the young ladies, Father, that you have a unique plan for them. To a special way that you have created all women to have a, a unique way of being able to think and to love and to process and to, and to gather people in to be teachers. And Father, we just want them, each one, to realize that, that as a little girl that they have a special place and they should make that their God nature and, and, and just be a, a person who has become all that God wants them to be as a little girl. Father, we just think that we know that your power is here upon us this day. And we pray your rich blessing upon all the children as they go forth, knowing that their life may not make a lot of sense right now, but they can trust you, Father, knowing that your plan is perfect and that you're going to guide them and take them and you're going to protect them and you're going to bless them, Father, in the years ahead. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And let's all pray together. Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. Thank you all for participating in that opening. It's a blessing to have everyone present this morning. We'd like to welcome each one, especially visitors. You're always welcome here. And thanks for coming and joining in worship with us this morning. Open your Bibles to the book of Psalms, Psalms 51. The 51st Psalm, a Psalm of David. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, Thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, 
and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. In the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners to be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, openest, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness and burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thy altar. The text phrase comes from verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The title again of this message is A Heart Like His. Could someone get me some water, please? I would appreciate that. <clears throat> what if tomorrow morning, September the 12th, 2022, you wake up without your heart. What if on Monday morning, September the 12th, 2022, instead of waking up with your heart, you wake up with the heart of Jesus? What would be different? about your day tomorrow. If instead of waking up with your heart, you wake up with the heart of Christ, what would change? Let's assume that that's the only thing that changes about your day tomorrow. Your schedule doesn't change. Your Routines doesn't change. Nothing about your day tomorrow changes except for that one thing. Your heart. Tomorrow morning, your alarm goes off at its normal time. Your feet hit the floor just like normal. Your routines doesn't change. Thank you. He walks in your shoes. He lives in your house. He assumes your schedule tomorrow. Your boss becomes his boss. Your teacher becomes his teacher. Your mother becomes his mother. Your pains become his. Your joys become His joys. Nothing else changes tomorrow except for that one thing, your heart.
Your health doesn't change. Your circumstances do not change. Your schedule is not altered. Your problems are not solved. Only one thing changes. Your heart. What if, for one day, Jesus lives inside of you? What if, for one day, your heart becomes His? And your life is led by the heart of Jesus. His priorities govern your actions. His passions drive your decisions. His love directs your behavior. What would you be like? Would people notice this change within you? Your family, would they see a difference? Would they see something new? Your co-workers, would they see a difference? Your schoolmates? What about the less fortunate? Would they see a different response in you? What about your enemies? Would there be a difference in your response to your enemies? If tomorrow morning, September the 12th, you were carrying within you the heart of Jesus, and you, what difference would you feel? What alterations would this heart transplant make with your stress level? your mood swings, the way you might sleep tomorrow night. How would you view things? Would it be different? Would your perspective on life change if inside of you tomorrow you were housing the heart of Jesus instead of your own fleshly heart? Would you view taxes differently? What about the extreme gas prices? Would your perspective on life change if you had the heart of Jesus Christ in you tomorrow? What about your plans? What would you be... Think about your schedule, the next 24 hours. Would you alter that? If tomorrow morning you had the heart of Christ inside of you, would anything change, really? Now, I want you to keep working on that understanding. I want you to get a picture of yourself tomorrow morning with the heart of Jesus inside of you. And as you focus in on that picture, I'd like for you to snap the shutter and frame the image. Because that picture that you are now seeing of yourself with the heart of Christ inside of you is not just a figment of your imagination. Do you realize that God wants more than anything else It says in Romans chapter 8 verses 28 and 29 His greatest desire, in fact His predestined will for you is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That picture that you are viewing of yourself 
is not imagination. It can become a reality through faith in Jesus. God wants more than anything else for you to be housing inside of your chest the heart of Jesus. And with that heart transplant comes the greatest possible change in your life. God wants more than anything else for you to have His heart. And it is not imagination, folks. It can become a reality. Do you realize this morning, young people, God loves you just the way that you are? Period. All of us, God loves us just the way that we are. But God refuses to leave us that way. It is His continued sanctifying work that He brings us in. As we read in Deuteronomy chapter 6, but God continues to work within us to change us, to conform us, to shape us, to recreate us into His image. And that, my friend, is a lifetime. We call that the power of sanctification. I believe personally that God begins that work inside of us and working out, outwardly. And so this great work begins in the heart. God has promised believers that He would give us a new heart. So the message today concerning a new heart takes on the creation theme. God created us in the beginning. The Bible says He created mankind in His own image, in their own image, it says. And so just like God created all the worlds, the planets, the stars, even the galaxies, and infinity, space. If you believe that God created all of this in all of its vastness, then certainly God can create in you a new heart. Or take it down to the microscopic organisms that God created. If you believe that God created the billions and billions and billions of bugs, and insects, and you look under a microscope and you see all those colors on that bug that maybe you can't even see with the naked eye, and all the details, and some bugs have even lots of legs. If you believe that God's creating power created all of that in all of its detail, then certainly God can recreate in you a new heart. <clears throat> Again, God's greatest desire is that He would create in us a new heart. And so this takes on a creation theme Just like the Bible says about our hearts that they are full of iniquity, they are desperately wicked, this, I'm actually borrowing, most of you here remember and know Al Bontrager, Al and Sheila, it's Don and Lou's son-in-law, he's a master carver was in this congregation. They now live in Montana. And as the story goes, Al made some carvings for me that I shared in a sermon years ago. Later they appeared at the Haiti auction. Ivan bought them at the auction. I'm borrowing them today off of Ivan. But Al's a master carver. 
And so we're going to, as an object lesson, just share some of his work with you this morning. Hopefully, not just to admire his work, but to prove a point. And this first block of wood just reminds me of my old heart. What do you see in that block of wood? Not much, right? It's hard. It's cold. Really small. Doesn't serve much of a purpose. It's just a block of wood. The Bible tells me that before I gave my heart to the Lord, that it was like stone. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, my heart was dead. Another place it says it was full of iniquity. Another place it says it was the fountain of evil. Picture that. Another place it says it was wayward. My heart was depraved. It was blind. And it was deceived. It was full of pride, hypocrisy, sensual, malicious, full of hatred, covetousness, foolishness, and on and on and on. And every one of us here can relate with this block of wood. Before Christ Jesus comes into our heart, We were dead. But again, as we think about Psalm 51, verse 6, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. That mentions the, um, the vision that God has for our cold, dead hearts. You see, in this block of wood, I see nothing. Of ourselves, I see nothing. But God saw in me and in you potential. God saw in you something that you could not see of yourself. This next block of wood that Al gave us shows his vision. It's just, it's the same block of wood. The same shape, the same consistency, the same temperature. But here you can see Al's drawing. He actually sketched it in pencil. And then we took a marker and went over it so you could see it. But a master carver, he looked... When I look at a block of wood, I see a block of wood. That's all I see. But a master carver sees something in that block of wood. It's kind of like an artist. When I look at a blank white canvas, I see a blank white canvas. But a good artist sees something. He sees potential in that canvas as he picks up his brush and he begins to stroke. Or a potter. He doesn't just see a lump of clay. A potter sees a vessel. He sees the end result. God says in Jeremiah chapter 29 that He has thoughts towards you. These are good thoughts toward you. They are thoughts of peace. And He has plans for you, it says in Jeremiah chapter 29. God sees potential in you even when we are just a block of wood. We call it vision. Al has vision in this block of wood, and you can see it. God has vision for you in your life. So my encouragement to you is don't give up. There's times we get discouraged with our own lives, our own behavior, our own thought patterns. And we want to do better. 
Don't give up because in your hardness, God sees potential. And God has promised to work with you and give you a new heart. And that's really what it takes. Because mankind today, we try to fix our problems from the outside in. We might create laws that we expect everybody to conform to, to fix our problems. Or in the nation today, we have all kinds of problems. And, and uh, let's just say sexual problems as an example. And so they turn to abortion. Or they turn to handing out things as band-aids instead of fixing the heart problem. God works from the inside out. Man works from the outside in. And that is detrimental. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel, I believe in chapter 16, that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God sees potential in us in spite of ourselves. Jeremiah 29, 11. There's a song that we used to sing but God saw not what I was, but He saw what I could be. We won't turn there. We, I think the last message I preached came from Hebrews chapter 4 concerning the sword of the Spirit. But that same passage applies in this message as that double-edged knife pierces our heart. That two-edged sword, it says, goes in through the, the flesh, through the bones, through the marrow, and right into the heart. Even the intentions of the heart. The Word of God. And so you can see in Al's thought process here, this is in the rough. The carver begins to whittle away the flesh begins to whittle away our sin. And he gets right into the heart. And this is a rough carving. Same block of wood. The master carver gets right into the heart. But you'll notice here, and this applies to the power of sanctification, the Word of God is very close to the heart. The cross. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 that we are sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ and we are sanctified by the body of Christ. And in John chapter 17, Jesus says, Sanctify them, O Holy Father, sanctify them by thy word. If we desire a heart like his, we must come close to the word of God we must present our hearts to Him at the cross of Calvary. And then we see the fruit beginning to come here. And again, this is in the rough. God is not finished with us yet. God is working with us. Turn your Bibles to Lamentations chapter 3. And I'm going to say something that, well, I don't really know how to say it this morning because I don't know your setting, what you're going through, what your struggles are exactly. Giving our heart to Jesus so that He can recre re recreate it, so that He can carve it out, so that He can mold it, as a lump of clay is, can be painful. But we have to be honest with our own selves. So this is not a message that we're looking at our neighbor sitting beside of us saying, I hope you're getting the message. This is a message that's intended for every one of us individually here. And depending on your setting, it can be very painful. Lamentations chapter 3. I just want two verses. 
Verse 40, let us search and try our ways. That means that we, every one of us, are looking inside of ourselves. And let us turn again unto the Lord. And that word turn takes on the same inference as repentance. Where we turn our back to sin and we turn to the Lord. Verse 41 says, Let us lift up our hearts with our hands unto the God of the heavens. And this is where the pain can come in. Because oftentimes we want to hold on to our old heart. We want to hold on to our old ways. This is saying, if we would, by faith, present our hearts to the Lord with our hands. And I'm not going to ask you to do that publicly this morning, though it probably wouldn't be a bad thing for this congregation to do it. But at least get an image of yourself coming through the Word of God to the cross of Jesus Christ and presenting your old heart to Him. Letting go of your old flesh and letting God take control of your heart. Mike talked about in Sunday school opening about God having total control of our lives. And I thought about it this way as he was speaking, thinking about this message. If God, if you were a car, God would want to take control of your engine. If you were a computer, God would want to take full control of your hard drive. If you were an airplane, God would want to take His seat in the cockpit of your life. In other words, God wants full control of your life. You are not an airplane. You are not a computer. You are not a, a car. You are a person. And God wants your heart. God wants full control of every aspect of your life. God wants you to have a heart like His. And this takes a full surrender. It's one thing to walk out of these doors this morning and say, that was a nice sermon, Pastor. I gave my heart to Jesus 20 years ago, 10 years ago, a year ago. The question for us this morning, have we fully surrendered our heart to Him? Does God have full control of your life? Every aspect. You are a person. A person that God loves and that He has created. And God wants your heart. So what will it be like? 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, your alarm goes off. Your feet hit the floor. You're going to school. You're going to work. You're going to the grocery store. What will your Monday, September the 12th be like? Will you have the heart of Jesus beating inside of your breast? Will there be a change in your life? God wants more than anything else. In fact, I repeat, I believe it's His predestined will for every one of us that we be conformed to the image of Jesus. And He begins that work by giving us a new heart. If you have not received initial salvation this morning, get that picture.
of yourself, presenting your heart to God and asking Him for salvation, and He has promised that He will begin His work in you. If you're older this morning, I don't know what your struggles are. If it's sin, present your heart to God. It's the only way that there can be a change in your life. <clears throat> Al is a master carver. He did all of this in just a short time because I asked for it one time years ago. He actually can do a lot better work than that even. But you can see it's perfected. Your heart is perfected by the Word of God, the cross, and now there's fruit in your life. Get that picture of you presenting your heart to God. Get that picture of God performing a heart transplant in you. Pull out that picture from time to time that you snap the shutter and frame the image at the beginning of this service. It's your face in there. It's you. And God has promised to give you a new heart. It is not a figment of your imagination. God can really do it. Philippians chapter 2.13 For it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. God wants to do it. It's His desire to do it. Can we give our hearts to Him today? What shall we sing? Well, that was, that was a powerful message. The picture that I saw throughout, and I believe that all of you got the graphic imagery as he gave us some mental exercises. And it's powerful. And with that song, I thought about how do we surrender? It's kind of all or nothing. As you lift your heart with your hands to the Lord, how do you lift part of your heart? He wants our whole heart. And, wow, just, uh, I just encourage you. I could probably bear some testimony here for a little while. I won't, I won't take your time, but, but I just encourage you to take those pictures and those visuals that you were given today and, and don't just agree in your seat, but agree in your life. Lift your heart. Surrender all. Let's live for Him. Let's be men and women who are sold out completely for Him. I just want to give you the opportunity to share your prayer requests at this time, and we'll go to prayer. Yeah, I, yeah, I, had, I have Catherine's here wrote down, but would you like to repeat yours, Catherine? Ninety-six. What what's his name? Harold. Harold. Are there any more? Yes. More? Crystal. He's praying for Alex, who was in the car crash with Connor and Declan, that he would actually be serious about getting his life right with God. Anything else? Um, I'd like for us to continue to pray for John and Jenny and their work at Brookville with the mission there, um, that God would lead them specifically through to some decisions that they continually have. And then the second one is uh, 
Lou Hostetler's brother, Bill, Bill Armstrong, is in serious condition. In fact, Don and Lou left this morning to head north. They live in northern Ohio at the West Fulton Congregation. So pray for Bill Armstrong and his family. Okay. Horace? His name? Jasper. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, you know, I had a few more written down here um, myself. Um, Kidron's preaching up in Northern Ohio today, and obviously he was there this morning, and he'll be preaching this afternoon. Uh, and just thinking of our older ones, see Rollins here today, Pat's not, and Ivan and Bonnie and Ruby, Jerry, and then Brad and Crystal and Camille and Cherith and Sierra and Lois Ann at the mission. So the list goes on and on. But let's all kneel in prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we just thank you for your Holy Spirit and its presence and its power and its work here this morning and we just thank you that you have not left us alone and that you continue to work and to call and, and to convict our hearts and Lord I just pray this morning that the work of your Spirit would continue on from this place as we go out into life Lord that that this wasn't just a mental exercise, but that there would truly be change and that there would be hearts sold out, completely given over to you. Hearts that look completely different tomorrow. Lord, I, I thank you for the message. I thank you for Bart uh, giving it and for uh, just his his time and his passion and his um, just willingness to to share the the burden that you gave him. I just pray for him this week, Lord. Uh, the prayer list is is long, and Lord, you know the needs better than we do, better than how they've been explained even this morning. But but we do pray for for Catherine's father. Um, as a man who no doubt you know well. Lord, I just pray for his health and for um, his strength in these uh, later years of his life. Lord, I pray that he would continue to be faithful and that you would give him peace in these days and be with his family and give him healing, Lord, as it's your will. Lord, we, we pray for John's parents and their health, Lord, that you just give them patience and endurance through the difficult times. And we, so many of us, often take our health, Lord, for, for granted. And we don't really think about the blessing that, that we have with healthy, strong bodies. And, and yet it, it's a very difficult thing to lose. Lord, I pray also for John and Jenny and the, their gathering in Brookville, Lord, and for, I just pray that your, you would give them wisdom, give them direction, and Lord, that your name would just be exalted through their ministry there, and Lord, that you would draw souls, call people in the Brookville area to you. Lord, I pray for for a son, and no doubt uh, he's experiencing difficult time. Lord, I pray that you would be with uh, the family of the pedestrian, and I pray that you would be with his son, Lord, that you would give him uh, just just peace and 
that he would look to you and Lord, you would give him healing through this no doubt traumatic situation he finds himself in. God, I pray for um, Connor's friend Alex and the accident that he had, Lord, that was uh, perhaps a, a call to his spirit. Lord, I just pray that he would seek after you, that he would give his heart fully to you. Lord, thank you for the ways that you use the things in life that come that we don't we don't understand and we would often never choose and yet we know that you work all things together for good for those who are who love you and are called and just thank you for bringing each individual here this morning Lord I pray as we go forward in life that we would remember this message and that we would take this and not keep it to ourselves. We would share this. And we would be excited to live for you. Lord, I also pray for our older, older ones that aren't able to be here today. Lord, it's a lonely time. It's a difficult time in life. And I just pray, Lord, that you would be their strength, that you would give them companionship, and that we, as your church, would do our part to reach out and to support them in their uh, lonely times. And thank you um, that your spirit's continuing to call. We pray for the people in the mission fields that we know and love, and we pray you would be near to them. And Lord, we just ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.